If you're looking for a cozy place to hang out with great ambience, beautiful graffiti walls, and yummy food, Sambuka is just what you want. Hit Sambuka up for some creamy pastas and yummy red velvet churros. Welcome to our podcast Zero Round. You're listening to Samagya and Archana. In this episode we explain how technology has counterbalancing effects. So one of these days I wanted to go to the market and I went outside my hostel to hitch a ride. Now when I reached outside there are two kinds of rickshaw pullers who are waiting for rides. These are the three-wheel rickshaws I'm talking about. There are two types of three-wheeler rickshaws. One is the pedal rickshaws which I will go on to refer as manual rickshaws throughout the podcast. and pedal rickshaws that have electric motors which we'll be referring to as electric rickshaws i have to choose one depending on whether i value efficiency and time on one hand or physical labor on the other while working on the podcast we had very conflicting opinions and an intense discussion about this what would be your choice my choice would be an e-rickshaw what about you I'm actually in a constant dilemma regarding this decision. The price is never much of a problem to me. Sometimes the e-rickshaw guy charges higher and sometimes the pedal rickshaw. Oh, so what is the dilemma here? So the dilemma arises because one person is putting in more physical labor and the other guy is not. And with a manual rickshaw, if I hitch a ride, I'm adding to the puller's burden. But if I don't hitch a ride, the puller doesn't get paid and thus doesn't earn a living. I understand that but here is my take on it in buying an e-rickshaw the e-rickshaw took a risk so shouldn't he be rewarded because he took a risk towards betterment okay so do you not feel like the manual rickshaw puller did not have the capital to make the same investment that the e-rickshaw made and unless we pay him more for his manual rickshaw we will never be able to bring him out of the vicious cycle of poverty and he will never have the required amount of capital to make such an investment even in the future But what would his incentive be to make that shift from a manual rickshaw to an e-rickshaw? If there is no benefit or reward attached to that shift, why would he ever choose to invest in an e-rickshaw? And if he can not charge a higher price and earn a benefit from him, why would he ever do it? When you think about it, most of us including me have always chosen an electric rickshaw and that is because it takes lesser amount of time and is more convenient. This leads most of the consumers to choose an e-rickshaw over a no- normal rickshaw. So even if his price is not higher he is still able to attract more consumers and earn a significant profit because of a higher volume which actually acts as his incentive Apart from that e-rickshaw drivers has to work only for a smaller amount of time to make the same amount of profit as that of a normal e-rickshaw even if he charges the same price Yes but because the e-rickshaw is faster and more efficient doesn't it make sense that the only way for manual rickshaws to compete would be by charging a lower price How else do you compete with an option that is clearly better? In addition I feel that we have overlooked a very important distinction between a genuinely poor rickshaw puller and a rickshaw puller who can invest but is not willing to take the risk. When I approach a manual rickshaw there is no way for me to know which of the two types of rickshaw puller he is and so a reasonable decision would be to choose someone who has certainly incurred costs that is the e-rickshaw But when you look at it from the perspective of an individual who's putting in more physical labor his first instinct would be to charge a price that reflects his physical input and 
he would want to function at the same market price at which the e-rickshaw guys are working or even higher so that he's able to make the same kind of investment as that of the e-rickshaw guy. Also, in assuming the distinction between the two rickshaw pullers, you have assumed that all of them were initially poor, but you have not considered the e-rickshaw guys who were comparatively richer and could afford to make the investment. See, here I feel our morals come into conflict. You feel that because there is a greater cost in terms of physical effort involved on the part of the manual rickshaw, you should be paid more. But I feel that because there is a greater cost involved in terms of the risk the e-rickshaw guy takes by investing, he should be paid a higher price. Which cost you choose to give preference to depends on your moral. So this is a conversation we had with the rickshaw pullers and what we found is that price is not the parameter that should be discussed. As you heard, they charge almost equal prices and charge consumers according to the distance and not according to which rickshaw they use. But also notice that the number of people who travel by these rickshaws vary considerably depending on whether it's manual or electric. So what we need to discuss is this shift in consumers towards electric rickshaws because of the new innovation. This conversation I had with Samagya reminded me of something I read in Tim Hafford's book, 50 Things that made the modern economy. In his book, he talks about how new tech always creates winners and losers. He provides several examples like of the gramophone, where he argues that while it was a blessing for the music industry and created the superstar economy, it was a disaster for half-decent singers, because now people could listen to the best singers from their homes instead of paying to listen to singers who are not as good. This makes us rethink the Luddite fallacy. Luddites were handloom workers in 19th century England who protested against the use of machinery. They protested violently by destroying looms and were later executed for their actions. Economists now use the term Luddites for stubborn people who believe that technology creates mass unemployment. 
but tim hafford thinks that it is unfair to term them as backward he says and i quote The Luddites didn't smash machines because they feared that the machines would make England poorer. They smashed the looms because they rightly feared that machines would make them poorer. Economist Joseph Schumpeter terms this as creative destruction, wherein he refers to the creation of new production units most often comes with an opportunity cost that of the death of old units. In a recent example the rise of ride sharing apps like Uber and Ola have seriously damaged the daily incomes of good old taxi drivers and in this age of exponential tech growth it is worth taking a look at who loses and wins when something new happens and we have a choice to make about whether to reward winners who took the risk or compensate the losers who were not in fault in the first place 